With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into another episode of the Rocky Top Talk podcast. I am your host, Terry Lambert, joined as always by Evan Winter. Evan, how are you doing tonight? Doing swell, my friend. How are you? Doing, doing good. I wish we had a, a better game to talk about. It was a, a pretty frustrating one over the weekend. A regular season championship to talk about. Uh, yeah, yeah. You don't have to bring that up um, just yet. <laughs> but no, Tennessee goes down to the Plains. Um, it had the game in control uh, and, and then just loses it with about, yeah, I, I don't know, 10 minutes left in the, in the second half. Everything seemed to change. So uh, we're going to dive into that today. Um, as always, you can find our work on RockyTopTalk.com, part of the SB Nation Network. All right, so like I said, Tennessee drops their regular season finale 84-80 uh, to the Auburn Tigers. They lose the SEC regular season championship in the process. LSU, of course, uh, handles Vanderbilt, who once again just did not even look interested uh, on Saturday night. So LSU is your regular season champs. They are the number one seed in the upcoming SEC tournament. Uh, before we get to all that, let's talk about this Auburn game because it was a frustrating one. Oh, my God, man. Frustrating isn't even the word to begin with. I mean, just aggravating. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways you could go about it. But, yeah, just watching the amount of teams. I mean, this is honestly the first Auburn game that I watched all season long. And um, just the amount of threes they took – was just egregious at times. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I swear in the first half, uh, I tweeted this. I was like, man, Auburn isn't even interested in anything inside the arc. Uh, no. It was, it was kind of strange to watch. Uh, they ended up taking 34 threes uh, in total, which, you know, Unreal. you look at it at the big picture, Tennessee took 28. You know, so right. they, they kind of sucked Tennessee into their style, and that's just not who Tennessee is. Uh, you know, Rick Barnes talked about it after the game. Way too many threes. You know, Lamonte Turner uh, it probably had his worst game of the year. Uh, ends up going one of nine from the field, only three points. One of eight from three-point range. Just dreadful. I, I mean, if Tennessee gets anything out of Lamonte, uh, Tennessee probably wins pretty comfortably, you know, honestly, because it, it seemed like everything else was working on this day. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with him. He was just making terrible – he just had terrible shot selection going on all night. And you're absolutely right. I mean, 14 of Tennessee's 31 total shots were three-pointers, and you compare that to 18 of Auburn's 32 total uh, shots. That's not too far off, just like you said. And I mean, if, if Lamonte does not take a couple of those ill-advised shots – finds Grant down low, which was working for the most part throughout the game, or even Admiral. I mean, everybody else but Lamonte was shooting well, basically. Um, Jordan Bone was killing it, you know, whenever he had his chances. I just, yeah, they, they definitely blew it, and um, it was more than frustrating to watch Turner struggle yet again in a big game on the road. It, the thing that got me was Grant only taking 12 shots. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was one of those moments where, 
Grant had whatever he wanted. Uh, Auburn he played small. In the first half. I mean, yeah, and the Auburn played really small. You know, that's how they do. They play with four guards. Uh, so you would think that Tennessee would take advantage of that, and they just didn't. You know, only twelve shots, twenty-five points. You know, he was super efficient on that. Nine of ten from the free throw stripe. Again, Tennessee took twenty-eight threes instead of pounding it inside. They got away yep. from from who they are, from what they do. Uh, you know, thirteen turnovers. That's not something we see this team do. You know, and it wasn't anybody. It wasn't any one player. It was pretty much across the board. So I thought all those added up. Some dumb mistakes down the stretch. Uh, and, and then just dumb luck, like like Grant on, on the block at, at the end of the game, blocks it right back out to the three-point line, and, and Auburn right. drains a three. I mean, just it, like it's, sometimes it's just not your night. Uh, Tennessee certainly did that to themselves, but uh, a lot didn't break their way at the end of that ballgame. Yeah, you hit it, hit it on the head perfectly. That was going to be my next point was the turnovers, man. Um, I think at one point – First off, Tennessee had seven in the second half alone. Um, and I think uh, at one point, um, Auburn had 14 points off of the 12 turnovers. If, you're, if your points scored off turnovers or more than the actual turnovers, then you're doing pretty damn well. And lo and behold, if Tennessee knocks off four or five of those, Auburn, that's that's probably the difference in the ballgame right there. And and then we have to address the, the three-pointer <laughs> that – really wasn't a three-pointer that was tipped in yeah, yeah. At, at the very yeah. least you you got to review that and take right. a point off the board uh but you know that didn't happen they the refs kept auburn's three you know and at you know grand scheme of things it doesn't really matter but key moment of the game once again the sec officials are the storyline exiting a ball game and it, it's just ridiculous and i I don't know if there's a there's a solution here, but it, it seems week in week out we've got another big referee problem. Makes me fear for this tournament about to come up. Gosh, makes yeah. me feel like Vanderbilt's going to win or something based off some bullcrap calls. <laughs> okay, well I, I think Vandy needs a lot more help. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> no, um, but anyways, uh, it's a good segue. It's, Tennessee secures a, a three seed. Uh, in the SEC tournament, they'll play the winner of Mississippi State, who will play the winner of Vanderbilt versus Texas A&M. Uh, probably Mississippi State is going to be the opponent here. Likely. And, and it's just like last year. I, I think Tennessee played them in the last week of the season, turned around played them in the tournament, uh, played them a lot closer in the tournament. Uh, and, and, you know, it's a team that, that presents Tennessee some problems uh, if they're not locked in defensively. Quindary Weatherspoon. Uh, Tennessee shut him down in, in Knoxville. I wouldn't count on that happening again. Uh, so you get into these these tournaments, and it just seems like anything can happen. But um, honestly, that's a better draw uh, than I think Kentucky did, who drew Alabama uh, and Ole Miss. Yeah, man, you take that all day. I mean, I'll I'll take Kentucky or Tennessee's draw all day. You know, you want to. You want to finish back-to-back um, regular season champions for the first time in pr- uh, program history and all that good stuff. But at the same time, I'd like to get an SEC tournament championship, and that is definitely doable with the route they've got to take. And if they had that number one seed, if they were in LSU's bracket, I would hate life right now. That, that bracket is hard, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll circle back to that um, before we take our first break, tell you that uh, Grant won SEC Player of the Year. You know, no surprise. What? It, it had to be him. Of uh, course. You know, the dude was dominant. 
19 you, points a game. Yeah, and when you look at stats from him and P.J. Washington, it, it, it's just it's no contest. So no. Um, happy to see that. Hopefully he'll come back next year and, and go for three. You know, different conversations for a different day there. But uh, also made first team All-SEC Admiral and Jordan Bone made second team All-SEC. So uh, all, all very deserving right there, those three. Yeah, man, for sure. And all three of them, you know, set career highs in points, you know, rebounds, assists, whenever you want to name it. I mean, Jordan Bone doubled his point production from last year to this year or nearly doubled. So it's just it's awesome to watch. And hopefully, like you said, hopefully Grant comes back from uh, try number three. And I don't think I don't think Jordan Bone's going anywhere. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, Thanks. Get. Things get messy after uh, yeah, after tournament are. season, and and Bones had a heck of a year. Has progressed a lot, so we'll talk about that after Tennessee's eliminated. Want to keep it positive? Don't want to get anybody too depressed. Whoa, whoa, here. whoa! We're eliminated, eliminated. Hold on, you know something we don't oh, know. Oh, did I say eliminated? <laughs> my bad, my bad. After they cut down the nets, we'll go with that. There we go. That. I like yeah. that. I like All right, <laughs> sorry about that. Anyways, when we come back, we'll be joined by Bill uh, Bill Rossetti. He is our resident bracket expert. Been doing a great job for us over on RockyTopTop.com. He's going to tell us about Tennessee's NCAA tournament hopes, their seeding, whether or not they can get a one. Uh, He's going to talk about the bubble, everything you could possibly need to know. So we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Rocky Top Talk podcast. We are now joined by our resident bracket expert, Bill Rossetti. Bill Thanks for joining us tonight. I, I know it's an exciting time of year for you, especially. Yeah, guys, thanks so much for having me on. You know, glad to glad to be on board with you guys and uh, kind of share something I love. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a big week. Uh, it's it's hard to believe it's this week already. You know, it it only feels like yesterday the season started, but I mean, here we are, championship week, and it's it's crazy, guys. But yeah, thanks for having me on. If you haven't already, check out the site. Bill is updating every morning this week, and it's just awesome stuff. Just just keeping you up to date uh, with all the the championship week stuff, um, everything you could possibly need to know. So so check it out every morning. He'll he'll have that updated for you. But uh, we'll start with Tennessee. Uh, just just give me your general thoughts on, on the Vols here. It, it looked like they were destined for a one. Now they're kind of on stuck on that second line, especially after a tough loss to Auburn. Yeah, the, the the Auburn loss really stings. You know, they they kind of slipped up a little bit. I know there was some concern about uh, a fairly easy non-conference schedule, and some felt it was starting to catch up to them as conference season kind of really kicked in. It led to you know a blowout loss at Kentucky. It led to the overtime loss at LSU. Uh, but they they're still holding firm on that number two seed line. I think there's still a path for them to get a number one seed, but I think worst case scenario is they're very firmly on that number two. I mean, you've got you've got the neutral court win over Gonzaga, who very well could be the overall number one seed in this tournament. I think at worst they're going to be number two overall. So they've got that under their belt. They've got the home win over Tennessee, uh, a win over Louisville, which, which looks really good. So, I mean, it's still a very good resume that I think is still worthy of probably even at least top six, if not top eight in this tournament so i think they're very firmly at least on the two line but i think if they can if they win the sec tournament i think they've got a legit shot 
at that final number one seed. You know, depending on the other results, but I think they at least have a case if they can uh, if they can win this weekend. I mean, you've got to love the side of the bracket that they're on in the SEC tournament when it comes to you know trying to win the SEC tournament and getting that number one seed. You know, really outside of Kentucky. Alabama gave them a little bit of trouble, you know, obviously Ole Miss as well, but both of them have to play Kentucky. So Tennessee's really only going to have, you know, one, and I'm not hoping, I'm not trying to jinx them or anything, but, you know, Tennessee, before they get to whoever wins out of those three teams, I mean, they've got a pretty easy route. Yeah, they kind of do, you know, uh, you're looking at likely Mississippi State in the, in the quarterfinals. And, you know, Mississippi State has had a, a very good season. Uh, they're about to end a pretty long drought uh, as far as making the NCAA tournament. But I think it's definitely a winnable game in the quarters. You know, like you said, it, it's likely setting up uh, Kentucky-Tennessee Part 3 in the semifinals. And, you know, like I said before, uh, that path to the number one seed for Tennessee ideally would include beating Kentucky in the semifinals uh, to give them uh, essentially the season series win over Kentucky 2-1 to one, and definitely put them, I would think, above Kentucky uh, in the pecking order. I, I think the win- if those two meet up in the semis, I think the winner of that game is probably going to end up higher on the seed list, especially since neither of these teams won the SEC championship. That's why LSU's getting a little bit of a push. That's why I have them on the three. I think they've got a shot at a two as well because of that outright title. Uh, but between Kentucky and Tennessee, whoever can get to the finals if either of these two do, has a better chance at that top line or at least a stronger two seed than the other. Uh, and, you know, certainly it could mean they avoid someone like Virginia or even Gonzaga uh, and, until, say, the Final Four or the championship. So that semifinal is going to be huge should the two of them meet. And I, I think in all likelihood they will meet in the semis. So is is Tennessee's floor? Would you say it's a two seed, or or could they fall down to a three if say uh, they were to be upset by Mississippi State? I think there's a chance. I'd say it's a small chance, though, that they probably fall to a three. Uh, Again, I think a lot of that depends too on other results. I think that would also probably require LSU. Getting the double dip, I, I think if Ellis, if we if Tennessee loses early and say LSU wins the title, uh, you can definitely make. It's definitely likely that LSU will be ahead of Tennessee on the seed list because they would have the double dip of the championships. They would have the head-to-head victory over Tennessee. So I think it would be. They would swept Kentucky as well. That too, exactly. So I, I mean, you, you you could argue they'd be the highest seeded team overall in the SEC. So I think there's a chance that they could fall to a three. Uh, it also depends on teams like Michigan and Michigan State, how they fare uh, in, in the, the Big Ten tournament. And like I said, I think LSU could be pushing for a two seed right now. If they do, I think that would knock Michigan to the three line because Michigan did not get a share of that Big Ten title, whereas Michigan State did. So LSU, I think, uh, has a little bit more of an inside track. I, I think if any team's going to fall to the three line in favor of LSU, it's probably more likely Michigan at this point than Tennessee. Uh, Bill, I, I wanted to before we let you get out of here, we got to talk bubble. 
yeah. because this bubble is is different this year. You know, it seems pretty weak. Uh, there are a couple of SEC teams down there fighting for their lives. Um, a, a couple of uh, Nashville-based smaller teams there fighting for their lives. Just just kind of give us a, a brief overview there. Yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of start with the, the two SEC teams, namely Florida and Alabama. I think the, the selling point right now for Florida is their net ranking. Uh, they're currently actually number 33 in the net, and I think I think the net is probably going to be uh, an intriguing factor. Uh, they're seemingly treating it like they have the RPI in the past. Uh, so Florida having as high of a, a net as they have right now, I think definitely favors them. Uh, of course, my latest projection, I do have them among the last four buys. Uh, so I have them kind of safely in the field, you know, not even playing in Dayton. Uh, that win over LSU is definitely huge. They also won at Alabama. And, you know, when we compare these bubble resumes, if these teams are beating uh, other bubble teams, that's huge for, for their case. And not just Alabama, but also that home win over Butler back in December could loom large as well. Now, Butler, I think, has a pretty outside shot of making the NCAA tournament. I think they probably have to win the Big East tournament to get in. But but still, Florida's win uh, over Butler and at Alabama, I think, is definitely huge. Uh, so I think there's a chance that we could be seeing not just them, but a couple teams get at large bids with at least 15 losses. Uh, and then we talk when we talk about Alabama, Alabama is uh, really uh, an interesting case as well. They're, they're another team that could potentially get in with 15 losses, uh, but they really don't have strong wins away from home. Uh, they're two, they only have two quadrant one wins. Both were at home, but they were against Kentucky and Mississippi State. So that that's pretty key. Uh, you know, four and eight on the road, not the greatest, but well, there are some bubble teams that have worse road records. So, uh, you know, four, four and eight wouldn't be the worst record in the world for them to get in. They did beat Ole Miss at home as well. Uh, they can say now that they beat the tournament, two tournament teams actually, in Murray State and Liberty. So that could, that could fare pretty well. Uh, I believe I have Alabama right now among the last four in. Uh, I think it would definitely serve them well to beat Ole Miss in the second round on Thursday. I think a loss could put them in a little bit of danger, again, depending on how a lot of these other bubble teams do. And then you mentioned two of the other schools, Belmont and Lipscomb. Yeah. Uh, I would favor Belmont more than Lipscomb based on the fact that Belmont beat Lipscomb twice. That said, I think, unfortunately, both are probably going to end up short. I believe I still have Belmont uh, among my last four, or first four out. And I think that's basis. You know, we've seen so many times the selection committee really favor Power 5 conferences. It's why you see teams like, you know, Indiana that, had, that struggled during the month of February, but have won the last couple games and now played their way back in the tournament. It's why you're seeing 15 lost SEC teams and Big Ten teams get in the field over these small teams because unless these mid-major teams just dominate throughout the season, really, because they, they don't get many opportunities, and you couple that with a couple of bad losses, if, if that's the case, then these mid-majors tend to be punished. And unfortunately for Belmont, 
They did get swept by Jacksonville State. They also lost at Green Bay, a team that did not fare well, really didn't fare too well. I mean, they did make it to the semifinals of the Horizon League tournament, but still they were a team that struggled, and it's uh, they're still a team that's number 220 in net. So those losses, I think, are ultimately going to doom Belmont. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, Belmont did win at UCLA, but UCLA, once again, completely failed to live up to expectations. So that hurts Belmont. I, I tend to go back to Monmouth a couple of years ago and all that Monmouth did to try to get an at-large bid. We all pushed and thought Monmouth was going to get in. I, I No, I predict, predicted they would get in because of all they did, and they still got left out. And I thought that set a really bad precedent for mid-major. So, unfortunately, I think Belmont is going to end up falling short. Uh, I would love to see them get in because they're a fantastic team. We saw that yeah. in Murray State. But, unfortunately, I think they're going to fall short and end up in the NIT. And it's a shame. Belmont always seems to, to put on such a show in the NCAA tournament. But, yeah, that's that's kind of how it goes, unfortunately. But, uh, Bill, before we let you get out of here, give us a – I'm going to put you on the spot. Give us a prediction for how this SEC tournament unfolds. I, I think if, if Tennessee gets their act together, I think they've got a shot to win it because, I, you know, I, I look at LSU and I'm just really interested in how they fare now that Will Wade has been suspended. I mean, I know they won their last game, but let's face it, that was against Vanderbilt, the team that uh, has been invisible all season. They just never competed at all. Uh, and they're, they're looking at either Florida or Arkansas in the quarterfinals. I mean, Obviously, they've got a pretty easy side of the bracket uh, unless they draw Auburn in the semifinals. But uh, Auburn's been turning it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Would, you know, it's definitely possible that Auburn can spring a little bit of an upset over LSU in the semifinals. You know, you could possibly see something like Tennessee against Auburn in the uh, in the SEC finals. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say to, you know and you know show a little love to the UT fans there, but. I, I feel like Tennessee can turn this around, and I think they've they've definitely got a shot to make a run here and uh, and get that uh, SEC championship. And I know, you know, seeing some of the comments on one of my page the other day, uh, those fans really want an SEC tournament title. <laughs> so it, this this could be their shot. This could be their best shot. Yeah, it's their their best shot in, in a long time, in my opinion. So uh, it'll be fun to see how that plays out, but. Uh, Bill, thanks for joining us. Um, Y'all hang with us real quick. We're going to run through the SEC tournament in depth right after this. All right, so like we mentioned, Tennessee, uh, number three seed uh, in the SEC tournament. Like we said, probably going to be a a game against Mississippi State unless Texas A&M can can pull the upset there. I, I don't have too much hope for Vanderbilt. Um, you, you look at, on Tennessee's side, it's Alabama and Ole Miss playing for the right to play Kentucky. Looks very much so like we're headed for Tennessee-Kentucky Part 3. Um, as Bill said, uh, that's going to be really interesting. You know, It's just like last year, uh, only they met on Saturday or Sunday instead of Saturday. So uh, back in Nashville, that's going to be just an electric atmosphere. Yeah, man, downtown is going to be wild. And uh, if the Vols end up winning, as soon as I submit my recap, I'm probably going to go downtown and join the party. I mean, <laughs> it's it's going to be crazy. Um, 
I remember I went to the NCAA tournament, or not the NCAA tournament, the SEC tournament. I think it was 2010. It was either 2009 or 2010, and it was when Kentucky uh, was down there. I think it was a the year they won. Man, it was blue everywhere. I'm talking just they took over Broadway. Yep. So I'm They do wherever it is. Yeah, I'm expecting the same thing this year. No Hopefully, doubt. it's going to be a, a little more orange. I mean, can we can we at least do that? It's in Nashville. Right. There's no excuse not to. So hopefully, it'll be a little more orange there. Prove, so prove, prove that Nashville is the Vol City, and uh, and let's rep it. Let's rep it, people. Come on. Yeah, we need it. Uh, so Tennessee will have a chance to play for an SEC title. Looking at the other side of the bracket, uh, it's it's pretty interesting because LSU is your number one seed. You know, the odds came out, I believe, yesterday, and LSU is third on the list. Now, you've got the whole Will Wade situation where he's been suspended because of the Javante Smart situation. They held Smart out. They held Nas Reed out um, against Vanderbilt. I think Nas has been cleared. Still waiting on word on Smart. Still waiting on word on Wade. Uh, so I, I think that's why you're seeing LSU down there at, at four to one odds. Uh, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky are each at two to one. Just kind of interesting that the number one seed is, you know, the, the third favorite team to win in Vegas. Ties. Well, bracket's tough, man. I mean, outside of Georgia and Missouri, which God, please, I'm not watching that game. <laughs> um, outside of that game, I mean, Florida yeah, I mean, they're not the greatest, but they play tough defense. Keevon Allen's a stud. Uh, Auburn, I mean, they just beat Tennessee. South Carolina, they finished with the four seed. They earned a double bye, so obviously they've been playing well in the conference. And then LSU, of course. So, I mean, you really have one, two, three, I would say probably three teams with a really good shot to win it and four teams with a pretty good shot to win it. So, I mean, it's a tough bracket, man, and – I'm just like I said. I'm glad I'm Tennessee's not on that side because there's no telling what could happen. I mean, any of those teams get hot from three one night, and this is the one thing that Tennessee has to fix going into any kind of tournament play is the perimeter defense because, as we all know in college basketball, all it takes is one game for some team to shoot lights out from three pointer and just bury them. Yeah, Florida is interesting if they get by Arkansas. Because they gave LSU problems twice. Right, exactly. Um, you know, that game last week, uh, LSU found a way to win. They probably should have lost, honestly. I mean, Florida had every opportunity to win. Yes, yeah. They don't, they don't stop Tremont Waters going full court, and he gets a layup in four seconds flat. So it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. But yeah. uh, can they give LSU a game, you know, three times in a row? Will LSU be full strength? That's all stuff you need to follow there. And then if LSU gets past them, you're looking at probably Auburn. Who, who's, That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, South Carolina's four seed. They're 44 to 1 to win, to win which is crazy. It's the four seed. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Uh, but Auburn is actually fourth at, at, at about four and a half to one. So I, I'm thinking Auburn is the hot team entering here. Uh, you know, live by the three, die by the three. Those teams are, are real volatile. You can't really trust them, but they could certainly rip through this tournament. I think they could they could really knock off LSU uh, in the semifinals on Saturday. Jared Harper, man, after watching him uh, last Saturday, my God, that dude scares the living daylights out of me. Man, all of them. It's all of them just stopping at three, and, and they all can shoot. It's just – it's really – they're a fun team to watch. 
uh, unless you're rooting for the team they're playing. Then they're exactly. just just a terror to watch. So, uh, I, Auburn's a sleeper to me. I, I don't know if they're even sleeper status anymore, but I, I think they're the team that emerges from the top half of that bracket. I think they advance to Sunday. Uh, I, I don't know if they can beat Tennessee again. You know, they don't have the the it, the crowd, the home crowd, uh, like they did on Saturday. I, I certainly don't think they can beat Kentucky. Uh, without that home court advantage, uh, we'll see. Though I, I think there's there's probably four teams that can win it: LSU, Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky. I think I think it'll be one of those four for sure. I think they're head and shoulders above the rest. Uh, but it'll be fun, man. Uh, I mean, that's the name of the game uh, this time of year. It, it's just a, a really fun time. So really excited to kick things off uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, man, cannot wait. Like I said, outside of Missouri and Georgia, I'll be watching. I'll be watching Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, just because it's Vanderbilt. But yeah, can't wait. Um, it's here. The madness has begun. It officially begins next week, but it has begun. Uh, to, or tomorrow it begins, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm so ready. I'm probably going to watch Mizzou and Georgia. That's how ready I am. <laughs> it's so. a good way. If you want to go to bed early, that's a good thing. Good way to do it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. As always, we will have more. We're going to dive into some football here uh, at one of these days. Oh, yeah. We're so, fo- yeah, football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Tennessee used to be pretty good at that. So <laughs> we're going to get uh, the power T-tape, Austin Burlidge on. He's going to join us and, and kind of break down things uh, as they stand entering spring practice. So look for that uh, sometime in the coming days. Obviously, we'll have reaction uh, probably early next week uh, coming out of this SEC tournament. And Selection Sunday. That's Sunday. That, that's wild. It, it's kind of snuck yes, up on Sunday. me. Yes. Um, so we'll see if Tennessee can secure a, a number one, number two seed, and we'll go from there. But until then, check out RockyTopTalk.com for all the latest. Uh, like I said, look for us later this week and, and next week for some reaction to the SEC tournament.